Jeremiah 3.15, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Welcome to the podcast of the Kadesh Family Church, Newark Branch, a place where Jesus resides. Our main goal and purpose is to provide the solid foundation of Bible-based teachings for our day-to-day living. Preached to you by our residing pastor, Rev. Dr. Charles Osset. We hope you are blessed by the Word of God, and may your life never be the same. Nothing is impossible. Yes, Lord. Nothing is impossible. Yes, Lord. Just hack it, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For everything. Yes, everything. Yes, everything. With God. Listen. With God, all things are possible. That's what I want to tell you. With God, all things. It doesn't matter the circumstances. See, as Rev D stood up as a married man, I said, With God. When they started singing the song, the only thing that came to my mind is that Reddish a married man. With God, all things are possible. Tell your neighbor, if Reverend Derek is married, then all things are possible with you. <laughs> Put your hands together for the Lord and be seated. <laughs> ah, with God. Oh, now the altars are possible. We believe Christ. Our faith has gone through the roof. <laughs> now our faith, our faith is through the roof. Because of what we have seen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. You know, you have to believe God. Hallelujah. You have to be a man or a woman of faith. Hallelujah. I don't know why you want to serve God without having faith. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. It says that Hebrews 11 says, but without faith. This is the problem. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to place him. Hallelujah. The him here is God. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible. Impossible means impossible. Not that there is an option. Or per chance, or maybe. It says impossible. Hallelujah. So it means that without faith, you it's you, you are out of the game. Hallelujah. And even say without um, morality or love or charity or kindness. No, it says faith. Hallelujah. So 
you must not be a Christian without faith. Hallelujah. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's what it says. And it continues to say that, for he that cometh to God, if you are coming, if you are coming to God, if you are coming to church, you must believe that he is. Hallelujah. You must believe that what? Yes. You must believe it that he is. Number one. And that he's a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Tell your neighbor, God is a rewarder. I want you to say, I believe it. Tell your neighbor, God is a rewarder. So those of you who think that serving God is a negative effort, you don't understand the God you are serving. If I tell another person behind you, serving God is not a waste of your time. Especially those of you over there. It's not a waste. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God rewards. Can I get an amen? I say, can I get an amen? You don't sound excited. I say, can I get an amen? God is a rewarder. That's why the Bible says, unless you don't believe the Bible. If the Bible is true, then God is a rewarder. Hallelujah. God is more reliable than your 401k. <laughs> I said, God is more reliable than your 401k. You have put your faith in your 401k that by the time you retire, it will be up like this. I mean, it can actually go like this. It can go like this. It can go like this. That's why you believe. But you don't believe Jehovah. God is a rewarder. Hallelujah. Yeah. Of them that didn't seek him. That's God. Hallelujah. So the thing we are talking about here is faith. Faith is what makes God happy. When you show faith in God, God is happy. Hallelujah. The question I want to ask you that this so this essential element, this critical thing that makes God happy, called faith. Do you have it? Do you have it? This essential element, this critical that makes God happy. Do you have it? Do you have it? That's the question. Because without it, you will not make God happy. Without, this, without it, you will not see the reward of God. So the question is, do you have this faith? This thing that makes God happy. This thing that makes you see the reward that God gives. Do you have it? That's the question. Faith. Do we have faith? But you know, according to Romans chapter 10 verse 17, the word of God says, so then, so then, faith, the thing that we are talking about, that essential element. You know, it's, 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 let, let me break it down for you. It's like saying that you need a visa to go to, say, Kenya. It 
It means without a visa, you cannot enter Kenya. So the only way you can enter Kenya is you, have a, you must have a visa. Do you understand what I'm saying? And the Bible says, the only way you can please God is you must have faith. So faith is critical. Faith is critical. Faith is essential. But the good news I have for you is that the Bible says, so then, faith cometh by hearing. So then, faith cometh by hearing. So then, faith cometh by hearing. So the first thing I want to do if you don't have a certain faith, don't worry about it. The Bible says faith comes. Faith does what? Comes. Faith does what? Comes. Faith is something in motion. So you may not have a certain, of, a certain level of faith now. There are some of you here. There are some of you here. You don't have a certain level of faith to give maybe somebody a car. But say very soon. Very soon you can give a car. Now if you are saying that, can you give somebody a car? Your faith is not there yet. My faith comes. I say faith comes. Say my faith is coming. My faith is coming. There are some of you here, you don't have, you, you can't believe God for divine healing. But I'm telling you, faith comes. Faith comes. One day you will believe God for healing, it will be automatic. Faith comes. You see, it's a level. Hallelujah. I'm sure of you now, if I say $20, your faith is already at $20, no problem. But your faith is going to grow. You see, recently somebody asked me to do something for somebody, a good deed, a good deed. It was a very good deed. And somebody asked me. And I was just sitting in my chair, you know, the person said, I said, no problem, I'll sort it out. And by the grace of God, I did it easily. And what made me happy was, apart from it being a good deed, what made me happy was the ease with which I did it. The ease. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I was excited about the easiness with which I did it. Hallelujah. And so what I want to tell them, keep on believing God. What looks like a tooth extraction, one day it will become easy for you. For faith... Ahmed. Apart from it being a good deed, I was also happy that I can do this thing from my... I was sitting in my sofa. I didn't even get up. I took my phone and I sorted it out. Faith coming. So what I want to share is that, that, that essential thing that God is talking about that calls faith. It comes. It comes. When I say something, it comes. It means that you may not be there, but believe that one day you will get there. Hallelujah. But the second part is the most important part. How does it come? How does this faith that we are talking about, how does it come? This faith to move mountains, this faith to be able to lay hands on the sick, this faith to preach to thousands, this faith to be able to give somebody a house, this faith to give somebody a car, this faith to be able to be dead free, how does it come? Because I would say it comes. And the Bible says it comes by hearing. It comes by what? I say it comes by what? 
and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing. It means the more you hear the word of God, the more your faith will come. The more faith, your faith will increase. So hearing is important. Hearing the right thing is important. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by... So if you want to make God happy, if you want to please God, if you want God to reward you, then you must have faith. And the only way you can have faith is keep on listening, hearing. Hearing the word of God. Keep on hearing, not hearing CNN. Not hearing BBC. Not hearing Fox News. And definitely not hearing Oprah Winfrey. Hearing. Faith is coming. The more you hear, the more faith comes. You see, but I, I am sharing this just you for one particular reason. Hearing. Hearing. It means once you can hear, your faith will come. Once you don't hear, your faith doesn't come. Do you understand me, Gabby? Once you hear, your faith will come. But once you don't hear, your faith does not come. And hearing. You see, what is hearing? That's the point. So what is hearing? What is hearing? What is hearing? Hearing is not the same as decibels hitting your tympanic membrane. That's not hearing. Decibels are sound waves. And your tympanic membrane is your eardrum. So the fact that some decibels are hitting your tympanic membrane, that's not mean you are hearing. Can you, can you know what I'm saying? That is why, that is why we, we use the expression, can you, do you hear me? Do you hear, do you hear me? That's mean that, it, it does not mean that the sound is not coming. Do you hear me? It means the decibels that hit the tympanic membrane has your cochlear process it to the hearing center. <laughs> Do you hear me? So it's not the noise. English. This is English. Hearing. Hearing. Do you hear me? Can you hear? And I want to see, I'm, 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 the number one reason why we don't hear, even though the sound is coming, one of the main reasons why we don't hear is familiarity. Many, many years ago, when I was in public health, community, public health, community health, we're supposed to go to the communities and educate them. And one of the things that we were taught when you go to educate a community about any, anything like public health, like immunization, uh, water sanitation, they say that one of the people you must overcome in the, in the group is the know-it-all people. The know-it-all. There's the know-it-all. And for your message to be able to deliver to them, you must overcome the know-it-all. 
They know it all people. The session of the community have a know-it-all attitude. They are the one you must overcome. Because the reason why you can't hear is because you know it all. So it is not registering. Oh, not that, not that you know it all. You have a know-it-all attitude. It's a lot, it's, you know, it's, you don't know it all. It's actually an attitude. Because that attitude is what will make you not know. I'm preaching to you. That attitude or attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's what will not make you know. So the best students are the ones who can listen and start from the point that what you are telling me, even if you know, assume you don't know, so that you can understand. Because they know it all is the kill, number one killer. We're told what, what, public health. I don't know if you did public health. They know it all. Mrs. You did public health, right? Very good. Mrs. What? Is, is, it, is it not true? Yes. Mrs. Derek. My, hey. They know it all. Some people, as soon as you start talking, they know. You see, it's the know it all attitude that makes you not hear. So, the number, so, so even your faith is affected by the know it all. So instead of humbling yourself and say that even though I've heard this message before or I've heard it somewhere, I still don't know. One thing, last flow, Thursday, prophet was teaching us that when he turned 60, by which I'm also at anyway, one of the revelations God gave me that there are some things you don't know. There is something you don't know. He said, God, and, it, see, and, and I said, that, that is the, to me, that's the greatest wisdom. I can stay here for a while. To have an attitude that there's something you don't know. You see, when something is happening around, there's something you don't know. When somebody is doing something to you, there's something you don't know. So, and, and, and the person who made that expression, you see, the person who made that expression was Solomon. He said, I am but a child. I know not how to lead these people. I am but a child. And the Bible says that Solomon is the wisest. So what I'm trying to say that it is wise people who assume they don't know. What you make you wise is that maybe there is something I don't know. It's because you are not wise, you are a fool. That's why I think you know it all. There is something I don't know. There is something I don't know. There is something I don't know. You see, when you have attitude to make you wise, there is something I don't know. As opposed to people who think they know it all. In fact, students who do poor in class are the people who think they know it all. I know them. I know that type. That is why even when the lecturer is talking, instead of you paying attention, you think you know. And the 
evidence, the evidence to show that you don't know is the 45% you got. <laughs> because if you knew, you would have gotten 90%. <laughs> so the 45% is evidence that you don't know. Well, when the lecturer was talking, he said, but I know this, I know this. Okay. Hallelujah. So wisdom. Your husband not talking, there's something you don't know. You don't know. Your wife talking a lot, there's something you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something you don't know. Hallelujah. So, our faith will come as we hear. And the number one barrier to hearing is a know-it-all attitude. So, from today, don't have a know-it-all attitude. Anytime somebody is talking, just listen. Even a fool, you can learn something from it. Hallelujah. That is, why, that is why the wisest man that ever lived, his statement was that, I don't know how to go. You think Solomon doesn't know how to go in and out? But he, he, he knows that a certain knowledge, it comes by an attitude of opening your ears and not assuming you know. You are going to marry, we are counseling you and you think you know. Listen to me. Having three or four boyfriends is not the same as having a husband. I'm preaching to you. You may be experienced with men as a boyfriend, girlfriend. It's not the same as a man and a wife. So your experience in the world has nothing to do with my counseling about how to be a wife. There's a boyfriend behavior and there's a husband behavior. <laughs> Let me preach. <laughs> I said there's a boyfriend behavior and there's a husband behavior. I should break it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, we, we shall continue. <laughs> to be continued. So what I'm trying to say is that an attitude of, no, of not knowing will help you. So that you can hear. Because the reason why you don't hear is because you think you know. You think you know. That's why you don't hear. Hallelujah. So faith comes by hearing. It comes by hearing. And may your faith increase. I say may your faith increase. What is difficult for you by faith may become easier for you. Because faith comes. Faith comes. There are some things I can believe God for more than I remember for. Some time ago, some things were difficult for me to believe. But now I believe some things easily. Because my faith has increased. Because my faith has simply increased. So some things are easy for me to believe. So if you are struggling to believe, don't worry. Keep on hearing. One day you get there. One day you get there. Hallelujah. The only thing you need to do is have a hearing attitude. Not a know-it-all attitude. 
Put your hands together for the Lord. So still on familiarity. We continue for a few minutes. Because it's a great... It's a, uh, this morning when Brother Solomon was leading the prayer, I was very happy with the one of the things he made us pray on. He said, some of you don't come early for prayer. I don't even know why you don't come early to come and pray. We start church at 10, we are praying. And you don't come early. You're walking at 11.15. You see, familiarity are setting. That's, that's the first... One of the things he made us pray, with, which I really about, he said that familiarity is a natural process. As you hang around for a long time, you can become familiar. So pray that you don't get into that process. Because when you get there, the familiarity will become a barrier. Hallelujah. So we are talking about, I said talking about, last week about familiarity, barrenness. And we said that, and I, we, we learned last week that see, barrenness, to be, to be barren is non-productive. Anything that you are doing that you are non-productive, you are barren. And, we, and just like medically, there are a lot of causes of barrenness or infertility. So is it spiritually. Hallelujah. And from what we learned last week, the number one cause of barrenness is familiarity. If there's one thing that can kill the gift of God or the anointing in anybody, it's familiarity. And we learned in the book of Mark, the most anointed person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he went to his hometown. The man who could raise the... Look, Jesus was powerful. So want to see what, so I was thinking about Jesus. You see, you think about this miracle. Is that... I, I, know, I know people who have raised the dead. Okay, they've raised the dead. At least prophet went to Colombia, they raised the dead. Yes, so it's, it's, raising the dead is still relevant. It's not, it's not an, old, it's not an old, old, old Testament thing. But what I have not seen, see, what I have not seen is somebody going to a funeral home, work keeping. And as the body is lying at the funeral home, and we are all past, filing past the body, he raised the body. I've not seen that one before. If you have seen one, you tell me. Have you, have you anybody seen that before? I, mean, I, I have not seen. Maybe somebody has seen. At the funeral home, where the body is lying out like this. With a powder looking like a pancake. <laughs> not yet is a good word. Not yet. It does not mean it's yes. I've not seen that kind of raising of the dead. But Jesus, the Bible said the widow of name. her son was dead and he was in a coffin, which is like a funeral home, on the way to the cemetery. I'm talking about power. Not a crusade ground. On the way, with all the money, he stopped. It's like somebody coming to a funeral home as you're all marching past and say, get up from the... If you see that, all of us, everybody will run away from the... I'm sure most people... <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a scatter. Even their relatives will run away. <laughs> Even the funeral home attendant will run away. But he stopped and said, get up. From the coffin, live! another level.
strong anointing. One time he went to Jairus' daughter. They went, they went to the place. The Bible said there was much ado. They were mourning and crying. I know some tribe that they pay people to come and cry. Some tribes in Ghana, you can hire people. Just like, you know, just like they're professional cleaners. Some tribe in, in Ghana, they're prof professional mourners. You go and rent them. <laughs> and they will come and mourn for you. But Jesus said, the Bible said that when he went to Jairus' place, with all the match I do in the morning, he told the people, walk out. Get out. And when he sacked everybody from the room, which is another revelation, sometimes when you are in difficulty and want to do a miracle, you don't need mourners around, sack them. Some people are too negative to be around for, you to, for a miracle to happen. Some people, this is a word for somebody. Some people are too negative for your miracle to happen. Sack them. He said, no, no, no. Get out, get out, get out. Because sometimes negative people can become an inhibitor of your miracle. So he sacked them. I'm talking about, this is how powerful he was. But the Bible said when he came to his hometown, because of the familiarity, Mark chapter 6, there he could do no miracles. So, it is, and there he could do no mighty work. That's what it was. Not that, not that he didn't. He could not. Because the people knew him inside out. So, like Solomon was saying, it is a natural process that we have to fight against. Because if you allow it to affect you, you will not experience a certain power. Hallelujah. So, I'm sure everybody, no, nobody will say, oh, Reverend, that, me, I'm not familiar. Mm, that, that's how we all say. Mm. You, you heard us, the, the story about the guy who said that if the people have come today. I should tell you that story. I should tell you that story. There was a guy, every time the pastor is preaching, he says, ah, Reverend, give it to them. Give it to them. It's like the message was for somebody. Reverend, give it to them. Give it to them. Then one day it rained. So nobody came. So he was the only person who was in church. So the pastor said, pretty powerful. Because the pastor was talking about him. But he seemed not to get it. So the pastor was preaching powerfully. He said, ah, Reverend, if only they had come. <laughs> It's never for him. <laughs> Give it to them. Yeah. How did I even get there? They could know my truth. Well, how did I even get to them? How did I even get here? <laughs> hmm? uh -huh. Familiarity. You see, nobody will say I'm familiar. Oh, right, I'm not familiar. Oh, right, I'm not familiar at all. You see, that's how we are. That is why. By the grace of God, I'm a science student. I'm not an art student. I'm a science student. And science students, you go by signs and symptoms. Hmm? 
by their fruit, you shall know them. Science students go by signs and symptoms. That's all. So based on your signs and your symptoms, you are coughing, you have fever, you have chills, you have, when you breathe, there's pain. <laughs> oh. You have, a, you have, based on your signs and your symptoms, we have a diagnosis. We go by signs and symptoms. So you coming to say that you are pregnant doesn't mean you are pregnant. Because I know some, and we, are not some uh, we, we, have, we have some patients too. We have some patients too who, who, who think they are pregnant. No, no, no. It's a, it's a rare condition. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. They believe they are pregnant. So as you are saying you are pregnant, but your urine pregnancy test is negative. Ultrasound is negative. You think you are pregnant, but the science and simply does not point to pregnancy. The science and simply points to craziness. You are crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, you think you are pregnant, but we know that you are not pregnant. You are rather crazy. That is why you feel pregnant. So, it's by signs and symptoms. Amen. So, I'm going to share with us, all of us, and don't say give it to them. (laughs) Don't say tell them. What are the signs and symptoms that you are becoming familiar? Number one, I'm going through quickly. Number one, sitting at the back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm going by the side. You see, no, no, please, please, let, 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 let's be serious here. I mean, some people, for good reason, have to sit at the back. For one or two good reasons, have to sit at the back. It's understood. But that the fact that you, you just feel like I'm not interested in the front anymore. I'm sitting at the back. I should give it to them. <laughs> it's, I mean, some people, I mean, for good reason, have to be at the back. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the deliberate one. The fact that you, you no longer feel the edge to sit in front. When you come, let me sit at the back somewhere. You are becoming familiar. Because initially you were odd. You always want to be in the front. Hmm. Number two, I'm just reading the signs. Number two, yawning or sleeping when preaching is going on. <laughs> this one give it to us, right? I mean, powerful preaching is going on, and then you are sleeping. Or you are yawning. You see. <laughs> You see, let me tell you something. Yawning there. You see, yawning or sleeping is, especially yawning, it's a reflection of boredom. You are bored. You are bored. That's why you are yawning. Because when you are excited about something, you don't yawn. Ask Rev D whether he was yawning. (laughs) I said, ask Rev D whether he was yawning. (laughs) He was awake and alert at 12 midnight. He wasn't yawning 
at all. So if you are in the house and you are running, you are not excited. <laughs> you will not yawn him, brother. He wasn't yawning. He wasn't yawning. Yawning. You are bored. That is why when you are watching a movie that you like, you don't yawn. You are awake and alert. Because yawning is a sign that you are bored. You see, and, and because you are bored, you don't pay attention. As, as, a, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, research has shown that most accidents, you see, most accidents happen close to your house or to your workplace. When you are driving. And I explain to you. Most accidents, when you are driving, most of the accidents you get is either close to your house or close to your workplace. And the reason being that because you are familiar with that environment. So when you get there, you are not as attentive. You see, because you know the area very well, so your attention goes down. Whereas if you are driving in a place that you don't know, because you don't know the place, you are always alert. Yeah. Because when you know the place, suddenly, when you think you know something, your attention goes down. So yawning is a sign that you are bored. Sleeping. Hmm. Signs. I'm going to listen. Another sign. Not listening to messages. You don't listen to messages. I mean, you used to listen to podcasts, Bishop's podcast. Podcast Monday. Now you don't even care anymore. You used to have the podcast in your car everywhere. Even in your bathroom. Now you don't listen to it anymore. Not reading books. Reading the books. You're becoming familiar. It's like, yeah, being there, none that. You're not even interested anymore. The same thing that you're excited about. Shall I continue? I'm just reading. Number six. Signs of familiarity. Another sign that you are becoming familiar is what happened to Jesus Christ. Is this not a carpenter? Don't we know? It's, it's, it's discussing the background of the man of God. You discuss. You discuss him. Is this not a carpenter? His brothers, you are discussing. The man of God is preaching and you are discussing his background. You see, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. A man of God, like anybody, is a man. So he has a background. He has or she has a background. Yeah. But the sign that you are becoming familiar, you discuss the person's background. You analyze him. It's because you know him well. When a visitor, when a visitor comes, you are not likely to analyze him. But even the father, you can discuss. Hey, 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 I see. Hey, so he does it. You are discussing. You are analyzing. It's because you are becoming familiar. They say, "Is this not a carpenter?" Are his brothers and sisters not here with us? So, so when you find yourself getting to the area of discussing pastors, man of God, it's a sign that you are becoming familiar. 
and a certain anointing will be cut off your life. For discussion. Because everybody has a background. But be careful. Discuss him. Analyzing his faults. Hallelujah. The church is very quiet. I hope you are like what I'm preaching. Yeah. Discussing the family issues. Look. His background, his family issues. You know. Hey. Today, dear, why is Reverend so angry? Why? Does he quarrel, has he quarreled with his wife? <laughs> a pastor is preaching. And he said, that today he looks very angry. Is there a problem in that home? I mean, Hey, yeah. today the way Reverend Moses was talking, I'm sure there's a problem. I mean, you, 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 you are always. You see, that is why there's something called the visitor's anointing because you, because you don't know the visitor's background. That is why you don't discuss. But your pastor, you know, oh, today he's very excited. Oh, hey, why? Today why is he so mad? Today why is he so angry? Today why? You, you, you are analyzing. Instead of receiving the word of God, you keep on analyzing. It's, it's a self familiarity because you know the person so much that you can determine that his mood has changed. You know? And you give reasons for it. His mood has changed. Hey, eh. Today, the way Lady Pastor Rosman was sitting in the corner, mm, has something happened? I mean, what is your problem? <laughs> Do you understand that analysis? So it's something that you have to be very careful about. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah, be very careful about it. Because you see, it's a sign that you are becoming too familiar. And and, and the worst ones are the ones you see. Even your inability to see the grace of God and the anointing on the man of God is, a, is your problem. See, some people have an attitude of ascribing everything. Oh, eh. The, the church is doing well because he's a doctor. You see, you see, you see. You should go and do medicine and see whether your church will do well. Oh, the church is doing well because she has a cathedral. You, see, you, you, you ascribe, you don't see the grace. All that you are seeing is a human factor. see the grace. So you assign natural reasons. You, uh, you, you see, you seem to know always why things work and why things don't work. The only thing you don't know how it works for your own life. As for your own life, you don't know how to work it. But you know how everybody has worked their life. <laughs> I'm preaching to you. If you know that this is the way to do it, then do it for yourself. I'm preaching. If you know that this is what we then why don't you do it for yourself? You can't do it for yourself, but you can explain it for yourself. You can't why everybody is. Can't you see the grace? Can't you see the anointing? Can't you see that somebody has been chosen? But you can't see that one. You have reasons why they are succeeding. Please, if you know the reasons why people are succeeding, I beg you, apply it to yourself. 
<laughs> Just apply it to yourself. Oh, you know, uh, their marriage is working, you know, because their husband, his husband is, her, her husband is very laid back. He's very phlegmatic. That's why the husband is working. Okay, then make your husband also. <laughs> I say, go and make your husband also laid back, phlegmatic. You seem to have a reason. Who, every, every, anybody, you see, anything that is working, you have a reason. Anything that's not working, you have a reason. But the only way, you, the only problem is that you can't, you have not been able to apply it to yourself. Why don't you apply it to yourself? Familiarity. Familiarity. Analyzing. And that's what they did for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Finding faults. And sometimes some even go to the state of evaluating the man of God. Oh! Today's reverend preaching, I give him 30%. I beg you. <laughs> oh, last week's message was about 80%. Keep on grading me. <laughs> Keep on grading. You see, family, analyzing and grading. What I want to share with you, see, what I'm trying to say is that we have to be careful. Okay? We have to be careful. I'll give you, you see, one of the things, one of the things that will always or more likely go against you is the way you receive the counsel from the man of God. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Be careful. You see, if you are not familiar, you take his word as God is speaking to me. But because you are familiar, you take his word as he's a man. That's why he's saying that. You take the counselors. Well, that's there's another opinion. That is his opinion. That's her opinion. Because you take the, you don't take the counsel as the counsel of God. And God is speaking. I'm telling you. When he said in Jeremiah, I'll give you pastors from my own heart who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And the man is feeding you and he said, no, this is his opinion. Recently, I was counseling somebody. And after I finished speaking, the person's response sort of even blew my mind to another level. Even though he used an expression, what the, what the person told me was that what you are telling me, even though I don't understand and, and it's alien to me and I seem not to agree, one thing that I know is that the math, they say your math, or the math of a pastor, or mother, is like a God. That's what the, a church member He says, she has been brought to the mouth of a pastor. It's like God. So once you are saying it, I will listen. Even though I don't get it. But I see your mouth as. But not God as in, I mean, 
Not God has even G-O-D-O. -O, but God has a small G. Like, like that, 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 because of from, from, from her tribe and her background, he said like, the mouth of an elder is like a goat. So I will listen. But, be, but because you are familiar, you are familiar, counsel is coming your way and you have a way of dissecting it. What you see, I mean, like prophet used to say, like prophet used to say all the time, when you, st you stood in front of me and I said, what God has put together, no man should put a center. That's why you believe it was God. But now that I'm counseled I submit to your own husband, that one is a man. So which part am I God and which part am I man? <laughs> Do you understand what he's saying? You seem confused. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Let me repeat it. He said, when you stood there and said that what God had put together, let no man put a sender. That one, you believe it was God speaking. God has put it together. But now, a few years down the line, I'm telling you that submit unto him. That one is not God. That one is man. It's like, depending on the circumstances, some part I'm God to you, some part I'm man to you. Choose and pick. Hallelujah. So I want to conclude my message. Look, let's be careful. You see, you see, a man of God is a man. That's what I can tell you. A man of God is a man. And therefore, being a man, he has a background. And therefore, being a man, if you look into it, you find some things that are not kosher. I say, if you look into it, you find some things that are not kosher. The fact that somebody is a pastor does not mean that he doesn't quarrel with his wife. I mean, I mean, even Reverend, even, I maybe Reverend that just started. But ask, ask Reverend Alphonse, ask Reverend Moses, ask Reverend David. I would say, ask me because you are beginning to come. <laughs> but that does not mean. That does not mean that he still hasn't had the oracles and the order of God to counsel you. Look, the Bible says that we have this treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessel.
You are just you are digging for gold. The gold is hidden in mud. Those of you who do gold or used to do galamse, it's muddy. It's very muddy. It's very watery. But there's the gold in it. So they, are, they take their time and get the gold. No matter how muddy the, the mud looks like, the treasure is in the, it's in the mud. And go for the gold and don't focus on the mud. Hallelujah. You have this treasure. In fact, I'll tell you something. Which is actually a screening test. It's a screening test, and you have to be careful. One of the sometimes the screening test or the thing, what is what what God will use to weed you off. Sometimes the man of God's problems, his weakness, his issues, is a way for God to weed you off. You know what I said? Do you hear what I said? Sometimes the man of God's apparent weakness or failure is God's way of taking, it's a way, a way to weed you off. Because you will focus on it and you will lose your blessing. There's treasure. There's treasure. I say there's treasure. And you are looking, you see, Everybody, I'll give you a good analogy. Be like, for those of you who come from Ghana, be like a Galamse guy. You are looking for gold. Galamse is people who look for gold. It's, 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 it's even Google. Now I can Google it. It's, it's, it's even Google now. Gold, people looking for gold. In, 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 they are looking for gold. There's mud, there's dust, but they are looking for gold. There's treasure. So the fact that, you see, the fact that something looks contaminated or weak. Look. I will show you a very fantastic, a, a fantastic scripture. Second Kings chapter 13, verse 14. Second Kings 13. Second Kings chapter 13, verse, from verse 14. Now, look at the scripture. Now, Elisha. Elisha, oh, Elisha. I'm talking about Elisha. Now, Elisha was falling of his sickness. Whereof he died. Elisha was sick. And the condition killed him. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Continue. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon that bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot! And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the lost deliverance and the arrow of the deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians and Afek till thou have consumed them. Elisha was sick. Elisha was on admission. Elisha had a drip. And yet still, he could prophesy and give the king victory. You are thinking that he's sick, so he's weak. You think because he's on admission, he's weak. So what I'm trying to say is that somebody may be sick and still anointed. Don't focus on the outward. 
Elisha was sick. He was on admission. And yesterday, from the hospital bed, he prophesied. The treasure is in earthen vessel. The vessel may decay, the vessel may corrupt, but the anointing is still very solid. Put your hands together for the Lord. And that's what you should look at. Elisha was sick. That's what we said. We read. Yeah. Elisha was sick. You would have said that if he's a man of God and he has fallen sick, then what is the anointing? You would have used a verse, physician, heal yourself. No. The treasure is in an earthen vessel. I, I want you to be able to understand the power of God and the anointing of God. That at the end of the day, it's in an earthen vessel. But you and I are looking for the anointing, not the vessel. Hallelujah. The king went to him, even though he was sick. Go to verse 20. It's even more fantastic. The same chapter, verse 20. And, and Elisha did what? Oh, I can't hear you. And Elisha did what? So everyone say, Elisha died. Elisha what? what? It means the sickness killed him. He died. Dead. And Elisha died. He died. And not only did I, and they buried him. He died, like everybody else. And he was buried. And they buried him. Because he's an earthen vessel. And the bands of the, look at the verse. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the, the land at the coming in of the year. A year later, the man was dead. And it came to pass. As they were burying a man, another guy, as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a band of men and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elijah. It's like, Elijah had been died some time ago and he has been buried. Then this new guy is also dead. And as they were trying to bury the guy, they saw some uh, uh, robbers coming. So they threw the guy, the dead guy. Shoop. They threw him like this, you know. Shoop. And they catch the man, and the man happened to land. I said the man happened to land. He landed on the grave, the tombstone of Elijah who had died a year ago. And when the man was let down, and touched the bones of Elijah. He revived and stooped up on his feet. Dead but anointed. I'm talking about power here. Power here. I'm talking about power here. Dead but anointed. I said dead but anointed. May your problems and your difficulties land you in a better place. They threw the guy like this one by the guy just happened to land on the lashes. They bow. Power. I'm talking about power here. Power. Dead but anointed. Let's look, church. Today's message, I'm talking about the supernatural power of God. It's real. Only that unfortunately it's not in angels, it's in men. The supernatural ready. It's real. But it's not in angels. 
It's in men. So the question is, can you connect? Can you connect? Because there are so many barriers that will prevent you from connecting. But if you can overcome that barriers, though you are dead, you will rise again because the power is still there. Elisha was not his The man, they threw the dead man on his grave. He rose up again. Look, I'm trying to share with you. So that is why a man of God can have a problem in a particular area, but he can help you in that area. The pastor may be dead in that area, but he can help you in that area. Because it's not he that is helping you, it is the anointing. It is the power of God. I say it's the power of God. It's the power of God. So a divorcee pastor can actually make your marriage become stable. It's because it is the power of God. The broke pastor can make your finances become strong because it is the power of God. An unemployed pastor can make you a business CEO because it is the power of God. Treasure. Moses in the vessel. Dead. Elisha was dead. I, 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 the guy is blessed. Power. I pray to God. In my, my, I pray that prayer, God, in my problems. When I'm being cast, may I fall on an anointed person? <laughs> may I land in the right place? I say, when you are being thrown in your problems, may you land in the right place. Somebody say, Amen. Say, I receive it. I said, I receive it. Because sometimes some problems are so bad, they got to be thrown away. But in the casting out, may you land in the right place. Receive it. I say, receive it. I say, receive it. Because that which people say is dead will rise up again because of the anointing. That guy was lucky. I said, hey, this guy, man. He survived. And I don't think he came from even any proper family. What family is that they, they will throw you away? I'm sure he was. <laughs> when, I think, when I think of the guy, they are going to bury you. Then they see that I'm, I'm sure he's some broke man. Nobody really, like, we don't want this trouble. Let's throw him away. So sometimes it's, 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 it's where you land. That's why the Bible says the steps of the righteous man. They are ordered by God. In your trouble, it's not a trouble, but it's where you land. It's who you are dealing with, who is talking to you. Sometimes you may have a problem at work, but where you land is what will make the difference. The same issue. If you go to another desk, they will fire you. But you go to somebody else's desk, it will be overlooked. So it's not a problem. It's where you land. May you land at a better place. Hallelujah. And my final thing for today, a sign of familiarity is when you stop honoring the man of God. <laughs> a prophet is without honor by his own country. The fact that you have stopped honoring is a sign that you become familiar. And when we talk about honoring, honoring, honoring is not only gift, though. Even though gift is part of honoring. Honoring are levels. 
the counsel, listening to the person, paying obedience, admiring. It's all type of honoring, including giving. So honoring is not only giving, but even though giving is part of honoring. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you stop honoring. Because when, when, when you admire, you used to honor. But now you don't honor anymore. You become too familiar. That's why the Bible says a prophet is without honor. But it's in own country. If I be a father, where's my honor? So what, that is why I am very excited about our church. I'm very happy about our church. That we have purposefully and deliberately decided to honor our prophet. prophet. And by our prophet, I don't mean me. I mean Bishop Dad Heward Mills. It is a deliberate effort. It's a conscious effort so that we shall not be cut off. So October 15th is honor your prophet. We will honor him in a special way. Yeah. Because we are not familiar. He's raising the dead. He's doing miracles. People are holding his shoes and they are building cathedrals. And you want to sit here and not honor him? Give a, a prophet a cup of water in the name of a prophet. So honor your prophet is a good thing. Honor your prophet is a great thing. Nobody here should be, oh, no, no, I don't want, you see, Jesus said that I, I honor my father. I don't have a devil. The reason why people don't honor because they have devils. Hmm? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, say, I don't have a devil. I don't, Jesus said, I show them that they think I'm lying. Say, I don't have the devil. I honor my father. It's, it's devil and devil children who don't honor their parents. I don't have a devil. If you can find that scripture. father. I don't have a devil. I don't have a devil. You can't find a brother. I honor my father. Rebbe, help us. I honor my father. I don't have a devil. I don't have a devil. Hmm? What is it? I found. John 8, 49. I have pastors here, Charlie, Bible scholars here. They can easily give you the word. John 8, 49. Jesus answered, I have not what? Ah, are you reading with me? I have not what? Semicolon, but I what? Honor my father. It means the reason why you don't honor a father because you have a devil. And there used to be a song many years ago, go away from me, you Satan. <laughs> you are struggling to honor. It's a sign that a devil is working in you. I don't. See, I had, maybe I have one, one of our pastors many, many years ago somewhere, and I knew the guy had a devil. Do you know why I knew? Because when we mentioned under the prophet to bishop, he became angry. A pastor, oh, no, I remember, a pastor. So I, I, we were not surprised. A few down, years down the line, he left the church angry because he had a devil. I honor. I don't have a devil. You don't honor your daddy, you have a devil. I'm preaching to those of you here. The reason why you are rude, you are angry, that you have a devil. That's why you are fighting with your father. It's a good message. 
don't fight with your daddy. What did I say? What did I say? Say, I will honor my daddy because I don't have a devil. Put your hands together for me here. He says, You have a devil. Hallelujah. So, church, all that I want to share with us today is that look, there's a treasure. Why is it not a vessel? But your aim is not the, the vessel. Your aim is the treasure inside. Treasure inside. Treasure inside. Dead, but anointed. May your problems land you on a good place. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Everybody pray, pray, pray that you will not be cut off by familiarity. Pray against deception. You see, pray against deception. That you will not be deceived. That you will not be denied of your blessing. The treasure is in an earthy vessel. But may the vessel not deceive you, O God. Oh my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. He said, and they cast the man and he fell on Elijah's bone and was revived and was revived and was revived. This afternoon, may there be a revival. May there be a revival. May there be a revival. Wherever corner your problems are taking you to, may you land on at a good place. I say, may you land at a good place. May you meet a favorable person. May you meet an anointed person. In the name of Jesus. Creating me a clean heart. Oh. Mm. Creating me a clean heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. And renew. and renew my spirit within me. Cast me not away, Lord. My candle, my Oh, Jesus, take note. Let there be a restoration of God. Restore unto me the joy of the Lord. And renew. May my spirit be right. May I not despise the anointing. May I not become familiar. May I not become familiar, Lord, oh God. Oh, 
Jesus familiarity Lord Father creating us the right attitude the right spirit that Father we will benefit from the anointing we will benefit from the power Lord let none here be barren Thank you, Lord. May the sin and the case of familiarity not affect us. May we continue to admire. May we continue to honor. And Father, I plead with you concerning this final prayer. Anyone who is dealing with a dead situation, Whatever is dead, whatever is, is meant to be thrown away, whatever is like there's no hope, as it was with a man in the days of Elijah, may they land at a good place. May they fall at a good place. And may they be revived again. May they be revived again. May they be revived again. Let the supernatural power of God bring back to life that which was dead. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now with every eye closed and every head bowed. You are here, you are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. The Holy Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? It is appointed unto men want to die and after that judgment. So wherever you are, my dear brother, my dear sister, one day will be judgment day. And when that day will be for you, when that day will be for me, I don't know. So today, if you hear my voice, take a decision. You say, Pastor, Reverend, I want to be a Christian. I want to secure eternity. Listen, life without Christ is a losing game. I'm tired of losing. Lift up your hand and let's pray. If you want to give your life to Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Tired of losing. Heavenly Father, this Sunday afternoon, may salvation appear to all. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hand together for the Lord and get ready for communion. Take it. This is my body which was broken for you. Drink. This is my blood which was poured out for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has It's not for him that will it or run it. 
is God who shows what mercy. And when the angel visited Mary, he said, Thou art highly favored. You see, as I was ministering, the Holy Spirit reminded me. Some time ago, somebody did something wrong. And it was brought to my attention to deal with it. And what the person did was wrong. But somehow, because I like the person, I overrule it. Do you understand what I'm saying? What the person did was wrong. But because I like the person, I overrule it. Then it ministered to me that it's not about your mistake. It's not about your problem. It's who is dealing with it. It's not, it's, 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 your immigration papers is the desk that is being looked at. Your job situation is the one who's dealing with it. So the Holy Spirit says to you, pray for favor. Pray that like the man who was being thrown dead, you will land on the tomb of Elijah. In other words, can you imagine if the guy had fallen someone who had been as dead dead, but he landed at the right place. So we are going to take this communion. Father, may I fall at the right place. Because it is not about the case. It's the desk. It's the boss. It's the immigration officer. It's the one. It's who is dealing with it. Because at the end of the day, we are all biased. I feel there's a strong anointing as I was ministering that look, Lord, as it was with that dead man on name, but he fell at the right place. May your case fall at the right place. Amen. May your situation be looked at by the right person. Amen. Lift up. Holy Spirit, we thank you. As we partake of the bread, as the bread was broken, may that which is broken in our life be restored. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. May you eat the bread. Father, for the anointing, the blood, the blood that has always spoken better than the blood of Abel. The blood that reversed the case. Makilama zonolika baanori amama ajendeli amama. Father, whatever is dead, whatever is a disaster, whatever is a calamity, whatever is meant to bring a disgrace, as it was with a man who fell on Elijah bones, may our case fall at the right place. May somebody favor. May somebody overrule. May that which was meant to be evil be turned to good by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. You may drink the blood.
is power. Thank you. Power, wonder working in the blood of the Lamb. There is to join any of our services contact us at qfcannouncements at gmail.com that's qfcannouncements at gmail.com